This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 66. Chris, welcome. It's good to be here. I'm glad you are here. I am Craig, your host, and today we are talking about November financials. Now, this episode is going to be kind of backwards because a lot of times when we get listener comments and questions, we kind of save those till the end. But in this case, we're actually going to get to the numbers after uh, a comment that somebody left on Facebook because you wanted to address that, Chris, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a comment that kind of got me thinking a little bit. So we're going to talk. Absolutely. Now, before we do that, of course, I want to remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com and check out the full show notes for this and other episodes, especially with these financial episodes. You want to go check that out because you can see the numbers that we're talking about. Chris shares the balance sheet every single month, the profit and loss statement uh, as the business has gone on. So if you want to see the concrete examples of what we're talking about, please go to hollandassetsllc.com and also leave a review on whatever service you're listening to us on. If you can leave a review there, please do um, five stars or forget that you ever heard it. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't give us two stars. Cause that's just mean. Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, all right. And the last thing I'll mention is find us on Facebook. That's another place you can go engage with us. You can ask us questions, uh, uh, make comments like the one we're going to talk about today, right? Because this came through on Facebook, right, Chris? It did, yeah. And, and before we even get into that, you know, you going through this and, and, and talking just now kind of um, sparked something in me, uh, you know, something I've been thinking a little bit about lately. You know, business is is, is strange, you know, and, and it mirrors a lot of life. You know, in life you have ups and downs, you've got, you know, smooth periods and rough periods. And it seems like, you know, hauling assets for the last little while, both the company and the podcast, we've kind of been, I would almost say, I, I kind of hate to admit this a little bit, maybe in a little bit of a lull because there haven't been any big significant changes. You know, we've just kind of been motoring along for the last, you know, several months, you know, trying to navigate the the new world we live in with the coronavirus pandemic and everything. And so it's just kind of been um, just moving along, not, not any significant changes. Well, that's going to change over the next... Uh, couple of months. Oh yeah. Um, I've, I've got some, some episodes coming up that I think are a little bit more impactful that will be good. We're going to see a second truck coming online here before too long. So that's going to be a big change in the financials. That'll be fun to kind of see as we add a second truck and, and the whole process is, is taking me a little bit longer than I would normally like it to, but it, you know, we're, we're starting to get some, see some movement on it and, you know, I'll start sharing that in the podcast over the next little while and, um, hopefully have a, a the second truck up and going um, before before too long. To, to make a long story short, buying the getting the truck was easy. Um, a trailer has been more of a challenge, and uh, hmm. but we, I, I've made some progress on that. So we'll, we'll be talking about those kind of things and and a few more other things in a little bit. So I think we're just what I'm saying is I think we're going to kind of get out of this flat spot and uh, start to start climbing again. Ladies and gentlemen, a professional tease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned. Right <laughs> there, there don't, we go. Yeah. Don't touch that dial. It's almost like I'm getting good at this, Craig. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Now we just need to get me behind the wheel of Are, a truck. You know, we'll make a podcast yeah, right out of you and no, a trucker out of me. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. 
<laughs> as long as I as long as I don't forget to put gas in the truck, right? Chris? Oh yeah, there you go. You're gonna you're already screwing things up. <laughs> All right, Chris, <laughs> go on with this Facebook comment. I want to hear about this. All right, so this, the the Facebook comment comes from Steve Goss. I'm thinking is how you pronounce that. Sure. If I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, Stephen, I'm terribly sorry. Um, I'm I've never been good at spelling, reading, or enunciating, so don't take that too personally. But anyway, he says, so he goes on to say, there are unfortunately a lot of dip working in the trucking industry, and a lot of them who are college educated don't have their commercial driver's license, yet they think they are so gifted. And, you know, this isn't a problem just to the trucking industry. I mean, this is this is something that goes... <laughs> welcome to life. Le- welcome to life. Every every business, every sector I've ever been involved in or seen, you've got that same kind of thing out there. And and oftentimes, you know, I, I'm, I've got a college education, and the college education does provide you something. It provides you a lot of knowledge, right? It gives you a lot of, of information. And in in my humble opinion knowledge unless you're playing jeopardy a lot of times is is basically useless right well unless you have experience to go with it well that's where the next thing comes in um the the knowledge itself doesn't do much for you there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom right wisdom is the ability to kind of take the knowledge that you've got and be able to make sound judgments be able to interpret that knowledge and use it effectively and efficiently. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, we get a college education, we puff our chests out, we think we're so smart, we think we're so good. And a lot of the times we aren't because all we have is is knowledge. We don't necessarily have the ability to apply that knowledge. And that that ability to apply the knowledge, typically you gain through experience and that's where the wisdom comes in. And for some people, you know, some people get the knowledge and never really gain the wisdom. But, you know, this is, this is what Steven's kind of talking about. There's a lot of guys out there that think they know what they're doing. They, they have a lot of knowledge, but they just plain don't know how to apply it. And, you know, gaining that wisdom and gaining that experience is something you can learn, whether it's through this podcast or through experience. You know, the, the podcast, I think, can help with that. But you, you've got to realize in life, you've got, you've got to have more than just knowledge. You've got to be able to use that knowledge effectively and focus on using that knowledge. Yeah, I feel like Stephen is uh, is taking direct aim at us, Chris. <laughs> is it me or is it you? What you you, you think call, it's both of us? Are you college educated, Chris? I am college. Yeah, educated. me too. Well, so maybe it is us. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Stephen, yeah. if we've disappointed you. We just we think we're uh, what was it? So gifted. We think we are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I take your point. I, I I take your point. The difference between knowledge and wisdom, and um, and so I I've often said in many jobs that I've had, you know, I can. There are people who got their degrees and there are people who don't and there are benefits and advantages either way if you do it right if you get that knowledge from the knowledge from college hey how about that (laughs) Uh, then you can then you do have more knowledge to work with if you know how to apply it and if you don't go get a college education then you might have a four-year head start on somebody who did as far as getting out there and getting experience but you know you can do it right and do it wrong either way. You can, and I, I, don't, I don't think a college degree is necessary in anything. I think you can over, you know, I, I think it's helpful, but I think you can overcome it. And I think a college degree in and of itself is not something that's going to make you successful. There's there's a whole holistic approach to all of this, and and I think one thing even more important than that, and you know, I, I see this in the entrepreneur business owner world 
all the time is you've got to be not, not, not only do you need knowledge, not only do you need wisdom, but you have to have an ability to execute. And I would argue that that skill set and and that drive right there that ability to execute is probably more important than either the knowledge or the wisdom i've seen a lot of people that that myself included i'm not the sharpest tool in the shed i've i've learned things and gained experience over time that that has has given me that ability but i've had to work for my knowledge and and wisdom that doesn't it, it hasn't come naturally to me but i'm really good at executing and i think i've seen a lot of people out there that you know, aren't the smartest and aren't the most wise, but they've got a really good ability to execute. And I, and I think that's as, as important or more important than anything else out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on that subject? No, I, I think it's time to get off the soapbox. But uh, Stephen, thanks for the uh, the comment on Facebook. It, it really kind of got me thinking, and you know that's 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 an important uh, an important thing. Yeah, as long as it wasn't about us, Stephen. I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about some financials. Uh, we're recording this in the middle of December. And so we're talking about November financials. And Chris, this is, as you have harped on for many episodes in a row now, this is the good season. This is the busy season. Rates are better today. You know, on average, they tend to be better. Uh, there are more loads to be had and, you know, take advantage. Right. So how'd you do in uh, November? Not good. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Not so great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this has been episode 66. Well, we're, we're trying to stay real here. We're trying to be transparent. November was not not the greatest month in the world. And it was kind of, to be honest with you, a, a mix of a perfect storm. There were a lot of things that kind of happened that, that made it uh, not the greatest month in the world. Um, but with that being said, we, so to cut to the chase, we lost 2,700 Eleven, dollars uh, and eleven cents. Oh man! Um, and, and there were a lot of factors that went into that. So um, let's go kind of through our, our normal numbers that we do, and then we'll kind of d- dive into the why did that happen? Um, okay. Why why did we end up losing money in November, which should have been one of our best months? Okay. So we usually start by talking about how far the truck went yep. in the month. So how many miles did it run in November? Seven thousand four hundred ninety. And if you're following. I, I kind of feel like we just got our explanation. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big part of it right there. So, so usually we're doing ten thousand, give or take. Yeah, ten thousand plus. I mean, ten thousand is usually kind of on the low end of a normal month, right? And so we're we're obviously well below that. Okay. Um, so se- uh, call it seventy five hundred total miles run. Yep. Um, and then uh, how was Deadhead this Deadhead, month? Deadhead was actually really really good. Um, under four percent. 295 miles. So that that's that's a really good month as far as deadhead. So deadhead obviously wasn't the problem. Okay. Um, and total revenue then? $14,625.31. Okay. That doesn't sound like a horrendous number. It's not a horrendous number, but we're, we're usually shooting for 20,000 plus. So it's, okay. it's obviously down a little bit. All right. All right. So uh, with the total number of miles that the truck ran, I expect the days on the road is lower. It's going to be yeah. So our, our all in our all in rate per mile was a dollar ninety five. So obviously that includes deadhead, which a dollar ninety five we can make money at that. You know, and and it's interesting. I see a lot of comments on Facebook. You know, on on some of our social media platforms where where people say you've got to be like two dollars two fifty plus a mile to to even be able to break even and make money. And 
I don't know where these people are getting their numbers from because that's just totally not the case. Maybe, you know, I, I would even say if you're buying a brand new truck that's 150,000 miles, if, if you need $2.50 a mile to break even, you're not doing something right. Well, if there's one thing I know about you, Chris, it's that money is important and you keep track of your money. I mean, we have the joke about the extra penny. You, all, <laughs> you, know, you always track that extra penny from yeah. your uh, 0.01% uh, savings account, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it could just be the case that Hey, if you're pulling in 250 as your as your average rate per mile, then you know you can afford to be a little more wasteful and still break even. So congratulations, but you don't have to get there if you're a little more careful, a little more knowledgeable about where your money's going and what you're doing with it, right? Yeah, our and our our break even has has traditionally been, you know, a dollar eighty or less. You know, kind of fuel factors into that number. So it, it can cause it to give or take 10 cents a mile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you shouldn't have expenses that high, especially if you're an owner operator. You shouldn't have a whole lot of overhead, um, you know, 250 a mile. If you need that to, to break even, you're doing something wrong. Good luck to you. Yeah, you're, you're not going to make it. Okay. So with $1.95 per mile and you ran 7,500 miles, uh, okay, so the problem was that the truck wasn't running was there an issue with the truck then there, there was another uh, there was another issue with the truck yeah the truck had um it, it actually had several things that needed to be taken care of a few of them were things that i've kind of been tracking and just decided to knock them all out at once um but the biggest thing was that we had a turbo issue it wasn't the turbo didn't go bad but there was a part of the turbo i can't even be, to be honest with you remember exactly what it was but it it went bad and um, I, I don't know what was going on with the shops in Utah at the time that I brought it in, but we brought it in on the 16th of November and that's when it hit the shop. And I, because it was a turbo issue, I'm still under warranty. I have to take it to either. My only two options are the Kenworth dealership or the Peterbilt dealership since it's a Packard engine. And um, they the, the Kenworth place is always backed up pretty much. I mean, it's, it's always several days to get in there and, and they were almost like a week out. And the Peterbilt was like three or four days out. So to make a long story short, it had to sit for like three or four days before they even able to look at it. And by the time they got the parts, got it all repaired and everything, um, it was um, around the 24th, which is right before Thanksgiving. I wasn't going to make Mike go back out on the road right before Thanksgiving. So um, he didn't actually go out until the 27th of, of November. So it was, it was literally off the road for 11 days. Wow. Okay. So and, and that'll part, do it. Yeah. So there, it, again, it was a, a lot of factors that had that caused that to happen, but then really what was the difference between, um, the biggest thing that was the difference between making a profit this in November and not was the fact that he started on the 27th. He got a load. It was a good, it was a really good load. It was over $5,000 in revenue. But that load delivered on the 1st of December. So all that $5,000 <laughs> was recognized in December instead of November. If we would have delivered it a day earlier, that extra $5,000 would have turned a $27,000 or $2,700 loss into almost a $2,700 profit. So, you know, that, that, that kind of thing makes a difference. And, and, and so this is a, a, a good example of having some perspective and not living month to month you want to track your month to month numbers but you yeah. don't get wrapped up in oh my gosh there's a minus in front of my number this month we're doomed it's it could just be the case that hey you know what sometimes the dates don't align yeah. quite right and next month is going to be fantastic yeah 
So, so that, it, it, presumably, it, it should be. I mean, December should be a pretty decent month, and and so that that five thousand dollar swing that hurts November will benefit December. So it should, right? You know, hopefully make for a, a pretty decent month in December. Theory for you, Chris. You said that the shops were all full up; they're booked for days. Yeah, this is mid-November. Are there guys taking their trucks in for maintenance before the mega Christmas push? I mean, that could have been it because I, I know um, I, I had another thing that I was talking to the when I was picked it up and talking to the Peterbilt guys. It seemed like they had mostly worked through most of that backlog and they weren't as backed up as they were. So I, I don't know exactly what was causing it. I just know, you know, both both and and I'd actually talked to a couple other shops that couldn't do that repair, but maybe could have done some of the other stuff I needed done, and they were all backed up too. So it was like it seemed like it was across at least in Utah, everything was backed up that for a couple weeks. That's really interesting. Okay, so the truck was off the road for 11 days, uh, which screwed with your November, but December will look a little bit better. But let's let's talk about what actually happened to the truck. What uh, what was going on? Why did you need to take it in in the first place? You mentioned a turbo. So there was a there was a turbo issue. So let's let's talk a little bit kind of going into a little bit more of the details of the the profit and loss statement. Oh, okay. So sure. I, and this is going to come along with the repairs. So I I did in November, um, $1,148.49 of maintenance. And I think all of that maintenance, if I remember right, was tires. If not all of it, the vast majority of it. Mm. I had to put four no, four new drive tires on the truck. That was an expected thing to happen. I knew that was coming. And in fact, I actually ended up replacing those maybe a little bit earlier than I, than I would have. Like if it was in the summertime, I would have kept those tires on for probably another 20,000 miles. But going into the winter... You know, the, the the tread was kind of right on the border. Mm. I didn't want Mike driving around with with an unsafe yeah vehicle. you know practically bald you know a set of an, an axle worth of almost bald drive tires. Okay. So ended up replacing those for you know safety reasons. And then on top of that, that that regular maintenance stuff, there was five thousand five hundred nine dollars and sixty nine cents of repairs. Oh wow! And so the, the turbo was covered under warranty. But I had a, there's a, a coolant manifold on the truck that has some, some pipes that had corroded. And uh, one of the pipes had actually broken and caused a, a big coolant leak. Um, so we ended up having to get that replaced. Um, it, it, I don't know that every truck has this particular manifold, but the, my T680 that Mike drives has a, you know, it's a little bit on the higher end side. So it's got a a heating system for the fuel tank. It's got a heating system for a few other things. It's that manifold that kind of controls that, um, had to be replaced. Let's see what else was there. I've got a list here. So that, that coolant module, there was an ABS system that, that broke the, uh, the, the fan on the truck, the coolant fan on the truck, you know, a lot of cars, the, the, the cooling fan runs continuously. Well, the truck, it kind of turns on and off as it's needed. And there's an, an air mechanism that, that, uh, engages it and disengages it and that had a leak in it and that whole thing had to be replaced and um there was i think we talked about this the airbag that needed to get replaced uh, again well there's an issue with it again no but the the actual payment came out like on the first of november oh, is when man. it actually hit the bank once account. again the dates yeah are messing all, with all, you. The, all the dates so um that that's part of that five thousand five hundred nine dollars. So that you know, just a lot of things happened all at once as far as maintenance and repairs goes. And I was ready for you to go on an epic rant about that airbag, oh, and I, you're going to go burn if, if down that the thing place goes, that fixed yeah, it. If that thing goes out again. 
<laughs> it's not going to go out again. I, I it, it got fixed right this time. Well, that's good. All right. So uh, that I mean, that's a crazy amount of stuff. Fifty five hundred bucks in repairs. Fifty five in repairs and eleven, you know, a little over eleven. So it's almost sixty six fifty six thousand six hundred fifty dollars in repairs and maintenance. Man, so, so that's, I think I'm sure that's probably almost double the most I've ever spent in the month. On yeah, the, in those two categories. Just gonna say. Yeah. So that is, it's, it's almost a miracle that you escaped November only having lost 2,700 yeah, bucks. It really is. So that kind of goes to show, like you were saying, the rate per mile at a buck 95, like sure, if you'd been at 250, it would have been better. But, um, I, I guess my point is, Hey, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty good for the amount of repairs and maintenance you had to do. A buck 95 got you to, you know, only a $2,700 loss for the month. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse for sure. Yeah. Okay. So give, give me a, a, a summary then. Did you, what, what have we learned from this? I, I'm trying to pull a lesson out of this, Chris, other than, you know what, sometimes the calendar messes with you. Yeah. So that, that's a good, that's a good way to put this. And one of my favorite quotes, I, I'm going to, is going to kind of paraphrase it. Cause I'm just trying to pull it out of, out of thin air, out of, off the top of my head is, is something along the lines of, you know, there's nothing wrong with failure as long as you learn a lesson from it. And, and, you know, obviously November is not necessarily a failure, but it, anytime you, you come across something hard in life or a challenge in life, um, you should always strive to learn from it and learn from that experience. And it, it'll, it always makes you better. And, and when you do fail on something, you know, it, it's, it's not a sunk cost. It's something that you can learn from and, and ultimately make you better. And, and result in, in better success in the future. And so I think that's one of the things you kind of learn from, from a month like this is it kind of take a step back and say, okay, what, uh, what can I learn from it? What, uh, um, what do I, do I need to take from this, this challenge? And so I, I think there's really two things here that, that we need to think about. So one is I'm really really, really more than ever thinking really hard about ever buying a truck with an engine that cannot be serviced by a, by a wide array of shops. Okay. So I, this, this engine has to go to, it has to go to a, a, a pack our, a place that can pack our service or service pack our engines, which is really either a Peterbilt dealership or a Kenworth dealership. You can't take it to a third party dealership and have them work on it. They, Packar hasn't released the the computer software to everybody mm. to be able to go in and pull the diagnostics on the engines. So that's the unfortunate thing about Packar engines. You know, we can argue day in and day out whether you like them or not. You know, it's kind of a Ford, Chevy, Dodge thing. Yeah, everybody's got their personal preferences. You know, there's a lot of good things to be said about the Packar engine, but the thing that's really I have a hard time with, and I think probably most people do, is just the fact that you you're super limited on on shops you can take it to, and so um, you know if the the two shops that in the state that you can take it to are are chuck full, then you're in trouble. So this uh, you know talking about Ford versus Dodge versus whatever else, uh, it's it's like going and buying the Jaguar. Yeah, sweet car, bro, and yeah. now you have one place that you can go get it serviced. Yeah, yep, and they're a month out. Right. So yeah, it's it, that that's that's tough. So I I think if you know for everybody out there listening, that's something that should be on the high end of the considerations that you're thinking about. You know, because especially as an owner operator, you don't really have a whole lot of pull with shops because you're you're a one, two, three, four, five truck guy. They've got bigger clients that you know, they may have some leverage and some teeth, and you just really don't. And so 
you know, the, the, the more options you have, the better off you're going to be. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Any, anything else that you want to pull out of this? Um, I bet you can think of the last one. I bet you can guess what I'm going to say on this last one. <laughs> I bet I can. And, and I feel like I haven't said it for a long time. Uh, so uh, save, save your money. Kids. Save, yeah. Save your money. This is another one of those times where you want to have, you don't want to be spending every last dime that you've got. You've got to save, 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 because you're going to have months like this when all of a sudden a bunch of unexpected expenses come together all at once and 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 you don't want to be putting yourself in a position where you've, you you get desperate and you you've got to go to, you know, less desirable options and yeah. you know if you've got yeah. the money in the bank one way or another you can you can make the payments and um you know it's still sick to see that money go out. You don't like to see that much money leave your bank account, but you know what? You've got the money and you can make it happen. And there you go. All right. Save your money. Man, it's uh, it's sort of the recurring theme on uh, Holland Assets. It's it's probably, honestly, it's probably about the the most important thing an owner-operator can do is make sure that they've... Keep track of that money. Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about it in this episode, right? You don't have to make 250 a mile if you're keeping track of your expenses yeah. and uh, your, your, your cash flow. You're not so, being frivolous and you're yeah. not spending on money on stuff that you shouldn't and, and the money that you've got, you're saving and you're not, you're not going out and buying that, you know, your dream pickup truck right off the bat. That, that, that kind of thing will come with time, but you don't want to do that until you've, you've got a little bit of a nest egg. And you know what, folks, this is the, the wisdom that Chris is spitting out right now. This is the wisdom that comes with a college education, <laughs> right, Chris? No, I've, I've seen lots of college-educated <laughs> people that are not smart with their money. That comes with experience. There you go. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do we feel good on this one, I feel Chris? Good. yeah. All it's... right, so we're going to be uh, back with another episode. Chris, you have professionally teased some great future episodes. Do you think we'll have any more this year? Or are we moving into I, 2021? I'm hoping to have another one this year. There's a chance we might not. It, it's it's going to depend on a bunch of different factors. I've, yeah. I've still got a a handful of things I'm working on. I'm hoping that the next episode I've got some really good plans for. And so if all of that can come together, I, I'd like to launch it, you know, in that last week of the month, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, either way, uh, we appreciate you listening to this episode. We hope you are subscribed and look forward to future episodes coming out as well. Uh, and we hope you visit us at hollandassetsllc.com and or Facebook. And you can make comments that in either location, we love to get those um and we love to respond to them in especially in these financials episodes it's nice to have some listener comments to go through and we love hearing from them and how the show is affecting you and your business what you're learning yeah we, we love all that so hope to hear from you thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time see you next week